All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 12 this morning. Mark chapter 12. It's, uh, I'm excited to ask more questions in the afternoon service uh, with Chris and, and excited though. I know I've only been on one mission trip in my life and it was a construction mission trip with my grandfather's church to Puerto Rico and uh, I got to dig holes all week in the clay of Puerto Rico. Um, Grandpa got to be in the air conditioning putting up drywall but I was that you know sturdy young 15 year old that could dig holes in clay so that's what i did and so at that moment i said i'm never going to support a missionary who does this no i'm just kidding uh, <clears throat> i'm excited uh it, it is a neat ministry one of the things that we're doing this month <clears throat> with all the missionaries we're bringing in and is is to show the variety of missions work uh oftentimes as a kid when you hear missionary i, I don't know about you when i was a kid when i heard missionary i thought africa uh, somebody in the jungles, because you, know, you hear the missionary stories in class, and, and they're always in the jungle somewhere, and they're always with, with watermelon or monkeys or something going on. And, uh, and so that's kind of the natural thought process. Um, then as we get older, we learn and we see different things, and we've got our missionaries that are starting churches in, in Europe, and, uh, and the Rolands are all across America and across the world helping with different church plants. And, and uh, when we scheduled the Beals to come, they were... Uh, as well, a ministry that supported church planting. They weren't church planters, but they were uh, a ministry that went and helped train people um, and helped the, the missionary train people. And uh, so when they couldn't come, uh, and I started reaching out to, to see if we could get someone else to come in, I had three people that were, that were willing to come. And uh, one is to North Korea, and we just had Mark going to China last week. And uh, uh, otherwise, I probably would have would have uh, uh, eaten that up. But I said, well, we already had someone to a close country. And uh, and then I had another guy. He said, I can be there. Uh, I said, oh, are you in the area? And he goes, well, I'm in Delaware, but I can be there by tomorrow night. And I said, no. <laughs> so I got to drive all the way here from Delaware. That's crazy. Um, so we scheduled him for another time uh, since he was willing to drive that far overnight for us. Um, and then Chris and, and Molly were the other the other family, and it fit right in with what we were trying to accomplish with the Beal family, to have someone come and show us a variety of missions work, assisting uh, uh, church planting missionaries and doing a very needed ministry. And I'm excited to talk in more detail about that in the afternoon service. Let's look in Mark chapter 12. Let's start reading in verse 38. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Bible says, And he said unto them, uh, in his doctrine, beware of the scribes which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplaces and the chief seats of the synagogues in the uppermost rooms at feasts, which devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. This morning I want us to look at the idea that there are many ways to serve God. We're going to look at what that looks like and what it doesn't look like. And I think we can see it in this passage 
uh, here this morning. <clears throat> Lord, we pray for your help. We pray that as we uh, look at these verses, that we would learn from it, that we would draw closer to you because of it. Lord, I pray that it would challenge us uh, to do more for you. And I pray that um, as a result of your word, that we would be better uh, leaving this place today. I pray for your help as I present it, that I would do it clearly and correctly. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There are many different ways to serve. Chris and Molly serve in a unique way when it comes to mission work. Uh, there aren't very many building missionaries. Um, I've told you before that I had a friend in college, and that was kind of his, I think I've told you this, that was, that was his, uh, uh, at least in college, he said that's what he was going to do. I'm going to go, I'm not going to be a missionary, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be a preacher, but I can go and I can help missionaries do things um, maintenance-wise and vehicle-wise and things like that. Um, but sadly, that, that person isn't even in church today. Um, and uh, he's living a life that he shouldn't be living. The, I met a family in a missions conference when we were raising support to come here, and they as well had a building ministry um, where they would go and build church buildings and things like that. Um, I, I believe, though, they are no longer doing that. Um, there are very few that I know of, at least, that are out there doing this missions work. Yet still, as Chris mentioned in Sunday school, and the ladies weren't in here for that, um, many people will look at their ministry and say, well, it's, I mean, you know, it's not really ministry. That's what, they'll, that's what they'll think. Now, again, if they would go on a mission trip with them, they would learn very quickly there is ministry involved, and we'll delve into that this afternoon. But uh, I want us to, to re remind ourselves or let God remind us that there are different ways to serve Him. We don't, we don't have to be in this, uh, this one lane in order to serve God. We can serve Him in, in a variety of different ways. And the easiest way, honestly, to do that is the, to, to use the gifts that God has given us uh, to do so. And there are times where God calls us out of our comfort zone and, and asks us to do something that, that we maybe don't think we're good at or that we're not good at. But God says, I want you to do it anyways. Um, I told people for a long time, you know, I, I've always enjoyed ministry, grew up in camp ministry, um, but I always said, I'll never be a pastor. And I remember when I uh, got voted into the church in Indiana and, and uh, I was talking with a friend and he said, didn't you say you would never be a pastor? And I said, well, honestly, I never thought I would. Uh, I wasn't a preacher. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, so I enjoyed teaching Sunday school or something like that, but it wasn't anything I thought I was going to do. And, and so God pulled me a little bit out of my comfort zone in order to do what he wanted me to do. And now I love preaching. I, I'd, I'd preach every day if I was allowed to. I, I, if I, I don't get invited to preach places, but if I did, I, I would love to. I, I enjoy it. Um, I like preaching at other people's churches because you can be more mean because uh, you're getting ready to leave. And so you go in and you can preach mean to them and, uh, and tell them how stinky they are and that kind of stuff. And then you go away and it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but uh, uh, here I have to be a little bit more sensitive, a little nicer. Uh, you're saying, really? Uh, but nonetheless, let's look at different ways to serve God. Number one, I want us to see what serving God is not. What serving God is not. Look again in verse 38. And we see uh, Christ here warning uh, uh, of these folks. He says, beware of the scribes which love to go in, in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplace and chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost rooms in the, at feasts which devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. What serving God is not, uh, uh, number one under this, is no, what serving God is not appearing important. 
sometimes if you go to a Bible college, you may get, get caught up in the, the, the group that looks like they're important. Um, now, I grew up in a bubble, and I praise God for it, but in a bubble of Christian home, in ministry, Christian school, uh, Christian college, and, and ministry right after that. Um, and I've seen many times, I know not everybody's had that experience, but what I've seen many times is you have a group of people who they look the part. And so you just assume, well, they look the part, so they're serving God. Well, they're spiritual because they look the part. They're friends with uh, the pastor's kids, and they're friends with the college teachers, and they're, they're, they, they dress nice all the time, and they, uh, their hair is always combed, and, and, and uh, they're always where they're supposed to be, and they don't break the rules, and, and at least that you can see. And so you say, well, they must be doing something right. And maybe they are, but also that doesn't mean that they are. Just because they look the part doesn't mean they are actually serving God. Uh, then here in this passage in verse 38, it describes clothing. The clothes were like that of maybe a prince or a judge would wear, the long robes. So these scribes would walk around and they would look the part. They would look important. Um, and, you know, I grew up with my pastor uh, that I had for most of my life uh, growing up. I only saw him in two kinds of clothes. Uh, it was either in a suit and tie or it was uh, khakis, a polo shirt, and tennis shoes. Um, the first time I wore tennis shoes with khakis, I said, now I'm a pastor. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've made it. Uh, those are the only kind of clothes I ever saw my pastor in. I know he wore other clothes. He worked around the house and things like that. But that's what I saw. And, uh, and sometimes, if you, depending on what kind of church you're in and how you grow up, sometimes you, you accompany dress with spirituality. Now, we've talked about the importance of dressing right and dressing the way God wants you to dress and having modest dress standards. But uh, don't ever assume because someone's dressing right, they are right. Uh, we've talked about it. We know pastors who are in prison today. They probably dressed right all the time that, we, that anybody saw them. And today they're, they're dressed in a jumpsuit in prison. It's not what you wear that makes... Now, again, you can wear something that is sinful, that is wrong. I'm not saying just wear anything. Uh, but what you wear doesn't make you spiritual. It doesn't mean that you're serving God. It says that they enjoy the salutations um, and, and the chief seats, the, uh, being in the right rooms, appearing important, appearing spiritual. And Christ says to His disciples, beware of these people. It says in verse uh, 38, And He, Christ, said unto them in His doctrine, in His teaching, in His, his training, He says, Beware of these people. And they appear to be serving God, but they are in turn serving self. They're prideful, they're arrogant, and they're dangerous. So it's not serving God to appear important. Um, some people want to have this title, any kind of title. Whatever it is, just give me a title. If I can just have a title, then people will think I'm something special. Um, call me the, you know, when I started working in sales um, with the radio station back a few years back, um, they gave me a business card. And on the business card, it said, uh, Vince Stover, Executive Media Consultant. I was a sales guy. 
That's all I did. I had no authority in anything. I was a sales guy, but yet my, my card said executive media consultant. And my boss told me uh, then, he said, I we gave you this title because when you're talking to people, it, it makes you sound more like a manager or something as opposed to just a salesperson. And it should help in getting in the door with some people. Uh, and sadly, some Christians think, well, if I could just have a title, superintendent, director of, uh, whatever it is, if I could just have a title, then, then, I, then I'll know I've made it. Well, serving God doesn't, doesn't need a title. And to appear important isn't serving God. We always taught uh, college uh, and high school people who would come work at the camp. Um, we spent a week and a half doing just philosophy training. This is why we do what we do. This is how we do it. This is what we expect you to do. All those sorts of things. And, and they, they oftentimes would come in and, and use the example of, you, may be, you might have a Bible college guy who's called to preach, and he's planning on being a pastor or a youth pastor or an evangelist or a missionary or whatever, and he's working at camp for the summer. And they would say, um, you might be called to preach, but that doesn't mean you're too good to clean the toilet. Uh, everybody here is expected to work and, and to get their hands dirty. And there were people who would come along every so often and they would feel like, well, I, I shouldn't have to do this um, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in school to be a pastor. And what they would always tell them, and I was their age back then, but they would always tell them is, well, if you're going to be a pastor, you're going to be doing this anyways. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. I remember the first toilet I cleaned in Indiana and <laughs> having flashbacks of, of orientation week at camp going, yep, yep they told us about this. Uh, Bible college didn't, but, but camp did. You're going to have to do this. I remember setting up chairs and tables one of my first weeks as pastor. Um, when I, when, I, when I got voted in as pastor and I was still working at the camp at the time and I was thinking as I was setting up auditoriums and, and dining facilities thinking, I'm glad this is over. This part of my life is over. And I think it was the second week I was pastored in Indiana. We were setting up for a meal. It was me and my assistant pastor setting up chairs and setting up tables. But I was just sitting there thinking to myself, it's never going to end. You know what we do every single Sunday after the morning service? We set up chairs and tables. It doesn't end. You can appear as important as you want, but it doesn't mean you're serving God. Serving God is going to be work, and it's going to be not the appearance of work, but actual work. It's not about appearing important. It's also not a, about appearing good. Uh, in verse 39, or excuse me, verse 40, it mentions uh, for a pretense, make long prayers. Uh, my dad was always um, applauded, not, not physically applauded, but applauded for short prayers. My dad was, is a very short prayer guy. Uh, hey, Brother Stover, pray for the meal. Lord, thank you for the food. Bless it to our bodies. Amen. That was it. If Dad was praying for the offering. Lord, bless the offering. Amen. <laughs> that was it. And I always heard people, especially around mealtime, say, thank you for praying short. Because you had other guys who, you know, just going into everything. It's like, it's time to eat. We're hungry. Let's eat. Uh, Dad would always pray short. You know, I've also met other people who have very long, elaborate prayers. Bible college is the, the best place for this. you got these guys that are training to be something special. And at least that's what they think. And boy, when it's their turn to pray, boy, oh, this is, this is fun stuff. You should video it and just hear some of these prayers. And you have to wonder, do, do they hear themselves? Like, do they even know what they're praying for? Uh, these men, the scribes, they not only appeared important, they also appeared good. 
The appearance of good is not the same as being good. The appearance of right is not the same as being right. The appearance of, uh, of doing good is not the same as serving God. There are good things that we can do and we're still not serving God. It's not wrong to do good. But as Brother Chris already mentioned, and we've mentioned many times here, does it do us any good to go to a foreign country and give people water if we don't give them the gospel? We've done good, but have we really served God? Have we really helped them? No. Brother Chris goes and builds a church building. That's good, and it's going to help the, the missionary there, and the missionary will turn it into, I believe, glorifying God. But, but if Chris just goes and builds things, and, and it isn't a part of getting the gospel out, and ultimately his ministry is always going to be that because he's building things for the missionaries to use for God's purpose. But bear with me for this illustration. If Chris goes and builds a building and doesn't pass out gospel tracts, doesn't pass out John's, John and Romans, then, then how has he helped? He's helped the missionary, yes, so the missionary can do more. But has he, has he helped the people? Not, not personally. Appearing good or doing good isn't the same as serving God. Also, number three, appearing well off. Um, you know, there are people who think, well, I, I have to have the nicest things in order to be what God wants me to be. I've got to have the, the nicest clothes. I've got to have the nicest watch. I've got to have uh, the nicest hair. I've got to have the nicest car. I've got to have the nicest whatever. And appearing well off is not going to help us serve God in any way, shape, or form. Here the scribes in verse 40 says they devour widows' houses. They're frauds. They, I believe, tricked, fooled, deceived, and sometimes openly would take advantage of widows and their, their possessions that they had. They were easy targets. And so they would have all these things and they would appear well off when what they've done is stolen. What happened to those long prayers for the widows? You see, an appearance of something is not the same as serving God. Here we have this great ending to verse 40. I personally like it because I'm not a scribe. But it says, these shall receive greater damnation. I'll tell you what, one thing that God hates as much as anything is someone pretending to be godly. The Bible teaches us that the, the false teachers, I believe the, the religious lost, uh, those that claim to be servants of God, but in turn are not, will have a greater punishment than that of Sodom and Gomorrah. And oftentimes in today's time, because we preach against sin, and we should, we think of the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we go, boy, God hates that. Boy, those people are really wicked. People don't go to hell because of the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. They go to hell because they're sinners that haven't been saved. And my pride is just as bad as their lifestyle. And God here says these scribes who are appearing to be good, appearing to be serving God, but they're not, they're going to have a greater damnation, a greater punishment, a much, a much more severe eternity than many others. So when we talk about different ways to serve God, we have to understand what it's not. It's not about appearance. Should our appearance be right? Yes, it should be. Should we dress the way God wants us to dress? Yes, we should. 
Should we act the way God wants us to act? Yes, we should, but the appearance is not the same as serving. So what is serving God? And we see it here in this last part of the chapter in verse 41. It says, as Jesus sat over against the treasury, meaning he, had, he was in view of the people who would come and give money. And this was uh, oftentimes would be a charitable account. So giving money for the purpose of charity to help others. And Christ could see as people were coming in and putting in money, it says, Behold, how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, uh, which make a furthing. I don't know exactly what two mites is, but I believe a furthing is a third of a cent in today's time. I could be wrong on that. That's just my research on that. Uh, so, so it's a very small amount, needless to say. The mite was the smallest uh, amount in use by the Jews. So an equivalent to our penny in the sense of the mindset goes. Um, so we see here that, that she gives uh, two mites, which make a furthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and said unto him, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast in more than all they which have cast in the treasury. For they all, or all they, did cast in their abundance, but she of her, of her want, or her need, did cast in all that she had, even all her living. So what is serving? I think number one, and most importantly, what we're going to focus on today, our serving is giving. It's giving of ourselves, it's giving of our time, it's giving of our finances. That is serving, serving God. Uh, and giving, again, this was a public fund, a charity fund that people would come and give. And, and I want you to, to notice here, uh, and, and, and forgive me if this is out of context. Um, and if it is, then take it worth a grain of salt. But it says that Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. I believe in that we can see that God takes notice of what we give. And I'm not talking about just money. God takes notice of what we give. God sees you. He knows that when you're giving of your time, when you don't have time to give, God sees that. He notices it. When you're giving of your money that you don't have to give, God sees it. He takes notice of it. That should be an encouragement. Because the Bible says when we give, give in secret. When you pray, pray in secret, talking about, it's not about a show, it's not about letting other people know what you give. Which reminds me, pretend this is in secret, I didn't put in my time this morning. Uh, when, you, when you give, God takes notice of what you're giving. God knows uh, the struggle that it was, the sacrifice that it is for you to give. He takes notice of it. But it's not about just giving, it's about giving all. It's about giving all. Let's talk about financially first. We see again the might, the smallest uh, of money that could be given by the Jews. God acknowledges her gift of charity above the many dollars that were given by the rich. He doesn't, he doesn't criticize the rich for their giving, by the way. He's not, he's not telling the rich you should have given more, although ultimately probably so. But, but here he's saying that, that this widow... It says that in verse 44, verse 43, um, that she cast in more in than all they which are cast into the treasury. But in verse 41, it says at the end of the verse, many that were rich cast in much. So it wasn't saying that the rich people were being stingy with what they were giving. They weren't, they weren't going, well, I might have millions, but I'll throw in $5. That, that's not what was happening. They were giving much. They had much to give. But this widow came and she, she, she cashed in two mites and he acknowledges her gift over the gift 
of the rich. Why? Because the rich gave uh, what they, they didn't have need of. They gave what was available to them. Maybe they had a percentage in mind and they divvied it out and they gave this percentage. Maybe they uh, were just charitable and they took whatever they had on them and put it in or whatever it was. But they gave something that was not a sacrifice to them. Here the widow, when she gave, it says that she uh, cast in all that she had, even all of her living. Everything that was on her, her living for that day, at the very least, if not all that she had, was cast into this charitable fund to help other people. All she had for, to, to live on for that day, I don't know what time of day it was. I don't know if it was uh, before meal times, and, and now she wasn't going to have money to buy what she needed to provide for that night. I don't know, again, if it was all that she had for that, that, the rest of that week to survive on until she got paid again or, 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 or uh, until she knew someone was going to come and help her out. Or I have no idea exactly, but it says that she gave in her want, in her need, cast in all that she had, even all of her living. And God acknowledged it. Why? Because it was a sacrifice. It was a giving of something that she did not have to give. In the sense that, once she gave it, she had nothing left. Oftentimes we give, uh, as the, the rich did in this case, we give what we can give. We give what we can find in our budget. Yeah, this will work. I can give this. We give our time of what we have available, what's left. Yeah, I've got a few minutes. I can help out here. Uh, we give of ourselves, of the talents that God has given us, in, in what we feel like we have uh, left that's expendable. It's not going to affect my schedule. It's not going to affect my time. It's not going to affect my rest. It's not going to affect whatever. So I'll give it. Well, it's been on the calendar for, for 12 months now. I knew it was coming so I could plan for it. So I'll be there. I'm not, I don't mean to make light if we can't make something because of work or anything like that. I, I hope you understand that. But being a church planter now and, and having, is that a word? Having, having <laughs> to give when, when we didn't have to give. I'm talking about time, energy, work. It was either do it or pack up and go somewhere else. It became more real to me. I mean, I've heard this my whole life. I was a pastor for three years before we planned the church. I was in ministry for uh, 26 years before we started pastoring. And for me, giving of time, that was my dad taught me, you just do it. If they need you to do something, go do it. So it was always just kind of part of life. And then when I became an adult and became to be able to make choices, I couldn't have my dad say, go do it, even though he was still my boss. And there was a time, you know, 4.30 came. Well, dad, well, we're off the clock now. So... <laughs> I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> you know, I not say that very often. But uh, uh, nonetheless, I became an adult and could make my own decisions and, and had to decide, well, how much time was I going to give to my church? Was I going to go to visitation on Saturday? Was I going to get up? We had a men's prayer breakfast at our church in Tennessee. And uh, on Saturday mornings, I think at 7 o'clock, and I said, Pastor, why are we doing this at 7 o'clock? It's Saturday. He said, well, the guys that cook, that's what time they want to do it. Me and the pastor were the only young people in the church at the time. And I said, I said, man, 
so you're killing me here. Seven o'clock on a Saturday that means I got to get up at six to, to be ready to get out of the door by six thirty to be at the church by seven, and the biscuits weren't even good. And I was like, "Come on, Pastor, we got to do something about this." You had to make a decision, decide, and that's the little things. And there's a lot of little things in the Christian life where we've got to make the decision: Are we going to give, even if we don't technically have to give? I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the sacrifices this church makes financially, um, giving possessions, giving things when needed. Uh, it's beyond an encouragement to me. But I want to encourage you to think, are you, are you giving only what you can give, or are you giving fully what God wants you to give? To serve God, it's going to take sacrifice. We looked at this a few weeks ago when we were looking at the definition of missions. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take effort. It's going to take work. Missions giving, we do faith promise giving. It is a sacrifice. It's, 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 it's a faith-based mindset. All right, Lord, you want me to give this. It does not fit my budget. But you want me to give it, and by faith I'm going to give it. Lord, I need you to provide it for me. That's what it is. It's a sacrifice. Well, Lord, if I give this now, and you don't provide for me by this time, I'm going to be in some trouble. I need this, Lord, but I'm going to give because you've told me to give. So by faith, I'm going to do it. If you haven't done that yet, I guarantee you it'll be the, the most amazing thing you've seen in your life. Giving when God tells you to give and you don't have to give, and you say, but Lord, are you sure? Because this is really going to put us in a pinch. And God says, give. You say, fine. You give, and all of a sudden God provides. You go, wow, that was really neat. And God says, good, do it again next month. Then the next, next year comes around and he says, give more. Oh, come on. We were doing so good. We got used to it. Well, we were able to finally get it into our budget. God says, I know, that's why I want you to give more. By faith, sacrifice. Give that which I cannot afford to give. For the cause of Christ. Give. Not only financially, physically. My job that I have, Lord, here's my job. Use it. Don't lose it. Use it. Uh, use, use my job, Lord. You've placed me here. You've got me here. It's, it's providing for my family. Now use it for your glory. It may not be moving across the world. It may not be sacrificing to full-time missions. But Lord, use the job that you've given me. For your glory. Lord, here's my time. Take my time and use it. It's good to have a time budget. Write it out. How am I going to spend my time this week? Very quickly, you'll see how little time you give to God. God, take my time and use it. Lord, here's my heart. Give me a, a, more of a burden to see people saved. More of a burden to share the gospel with people. Lord, help me. Give me the boldness that I need. Lord, create in me a, a clean heart. Lord, make my heart one that, that loves you. Lord, make my heart desire to serve you more. Maybe God says, uh, I want you to go to the mission field. Maybe God says, there is a place for you that I have that I want you to serve. And it's not where you're at currently. Maybe God, through this month, will work on your heart and, and call you to the mission field. And it'd be no greater joy as a pastor to say, uh, praise the Lord. I'd be terrified for losing anybody, but 
Uh, uh, but if God calls you to the mission field, I encourage you, give. All right, Lord. If that's what you want from us, that's what we'll do. Because serving God is giving, and it's not just giving, it's giving all. All that I have. Lord, I, I don't have anything to offer. I've heard many people say this. Pastor, I don't have anything to offer the Lord. You know, the, the stereotypical answer is you just, just, just your life. But you know what? That's true. <laughs> you say, I don't have anything to offer the Lord. I guarantee you there's someone in your life today that I will never meet. You say, I don't have anything to offer. The Lord says you have a five-minute conversation with that person to offer. I don't have anything to offer. I don't have a personality that really meshes well with people. I guarantee you God has something in your life that He wants to use for His glory. Well, I, I, I couldn't get up and speak to people. I'm not comfortable with that. I, I get nervous and I shake. My voice sounds like a little boy. <laughs> I remember those days. God says, well, if you'll just offer me you, I'll take you, I'll use you, and I'll accomplish things through your life. Remember Moses saying, well, Lord, I can't do that. I, I, I stutter. can't talk very well. God used Moses to show Pharaoh who God was and ultimately to deliver the people out of captivity of a, uh, of a national uh, universal powerhouse in Egypt bring them out of there, walked out of the city. Didn't sneak out at night. They walked out of the city. God used Moses to be a part of that. Moses said many times over, God, I don't have anything to offer you. God used Paul, a murderer, conspirator, a Christian hater. God used him. Well, Lord, I don't have anything to offer, but I've not killed anybody before, so maybe you can use that. It doesn't matter what you have. God says, if you're like this widow and willing to give all, that's what serving God is. And too often, we sit here and we hold on to things. God, I'll give you this and this and this and this and this, but this thing, I just, I got to hold on to. I know someone right now who I believe should be serving the Lord somewhere. But they're not, they're, not, they're not doing evil and wicked or anything like that. But they're holding on to a little bitterness. And that bitterness is keeping them from doing fully what God wants them to do. If you're in church long enough, you're going to have an opportunity to be bitter. That's sad truth. I wish it wasn't that way. But if you're in, in church long enough, you're going to have a reason to be bitter. If you get into ministry, you're going to have lots of reasons to be bitter. Because you give and you give and you give, and then other people take and take and take, and then they abandon you. And you've got to be willing to say, God, I'm not going to be bitter about this. My relationships I have with people, it's yours. All that I have, it's yours. I'm not going to hold on to anything. Just give it all. This widow here, uh, uh, we don't read a ton about her in the Bible. We see it in Mark and we see it again in Luke, the same story. But what she does is 
She is someone that Christ uses as a, as a teaching opportunity with his disciples. And he says, this woman right here, she gets it. You want to know what serving God is? It's not just giving, it's giving on. What do you have to give God today? What haven't you given God today? And today I pray that you will truly give it to God. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Miss Kathy's going to come to play in just a moment. Lord, I want you to help us in this time as we focus this month on missions specifically. But God, I pray that you would help us to understand what serving you truly is. And God, if there are areas in our lives today that we're holding on to that we've not given to you yet, then we're not serving you the way that we should. And God, today I pray that you would touch our hearts, convict us of that. Lord, that we would truly be willing to give it to you. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. We're going to do something a little different this morning, though. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to pray if you'd like to. If there's something that God spoke to you about today, I pray that you'll take care of it. If not, that's fine. Um, but what I'll ask you to do is, is to stay in your seats. And if you've got something that, that you God's spoken to you about, then deal with it. And as soon as you're done, you can stand to your feet. Once everybody's standing, we'll close in prayer and, and we'll be done today. If there is something specifically that you want me to pray for you about, uh, always, as always, please just let me know. I'd be happy to pray with you and be happy to pray for you. But this morning, let's just take some time just to deal with whatever God's put on our heart. And as soon as you're done praying, uh, you can stand. And once everybody's standing, you keep your eyes closed, please. But as soon as you're done standing, as soon as everybody's standing, I'll close in prayer. And then, and then we'll be done for this morning. I'm going to pray. When I'm done praying, uh, the invitation will be open. And, uh, and once we're done, uh, we'll close. Lord, we thank you again for your word. Lord, we thank you for what you can teach us through your word. It's not through our experiences, but it's just simply through your word. And God, help us to grow. Help us to serve you the way that you want us to, I pray. In Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just take a moment.
Lord, we thank you and we love you. Your willingness to help us, to teach us, to grow us is humbling. And Lord, I pray today that you would just simply help us as we want to serve you. And Lord, help us as we give to you, whether it be our time, our finances, our, uh, ourselves. Lord, I pray that you would use us. And Lord, that uh, we would see fruit for our labor. And, uh, and Lord, we, just, we ask for your help because without you, we are nothing. Lord, I pray for each person today, whatever it is you've spoken to them about, I pray that you would uh, um, help them with it. And Lord, as a church, as we can move forward, that would be better uh, reaching more people. Lord, we'd be more effective than we have been. And Lord, we'll give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for it. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.